Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hemp resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Resistance, a weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. Entering its 27th year, founded hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Transmitting from a fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hempresent is the prolific writer Amanda Chicago-Lewis, who joins me momentarily. Former Republican Speaker of the House John Boehner flips and comes to the light, stating that his thinking on cannabis has evolved. Democratic Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer files a legalization bill on 420, the international stoner holiday. Governor Jay Inslee brags on cable TV, we have the best weed in Washington. Neurologist and CNN medical correspondent Sanjay Gupta writes that cannabis could help manage the opioid crisis. My city of Seattle files a motion asking the court to vacate hundreds of marijuana possession victim convictions going back three decades. And the iconic comedy team Cheech and Chong jokingly complained to Stephen Colbert that pot is over. It's just not edgy anymore. These events all happened recently in the same week. 
A sea change is taking place in America in terms of the popular perception of cannabis. While, and this part is bittersweet, the last generations to be most affected by prohibitionist propaganda are slowly dying off. When we started the Seattle Hemp Fest in 1991, many people laughed at us. Not only are none of those people laughing today, some of them are coughing as a conversion's been taking place in terms of attitudes about the stinky green ganja. At that same time that Seattle Hemp Fest began, commercial networks and platforms were being linked together by a new technology that we know as the internet, allowing the dissemination of information to be decentralized. Suddenly, there was an explosion of sources of info, and Americans were freed from relying on a small handful of mainstream media sources for facts and opinion. Today, the word has gotten out that cannabis has amazing potential. In addition to the 25,000 practical applications of industrial hemp, euphoric cannabis can offer anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, antipsychotic, anticonvulsant, neuroprotective, anxiolytic, and anti-emetic properties. Today, many mainstream publications have actually added staff devoted to covering all things cannabis. And that leads me to today's guest. Amanda Chicago Lewis writes about cannabis and the war on drugs with an emphasis on public safety, the influence of special interests, and the ways in which the documented racial disparities of drug law enforcement are being cemented into the details of legalization. In addition to writing a bi-weekly column for Rolling Stone magazine, her work has also appeared in publications including GQ, BuzzFeed, Vice, and LA Weekly. And she's in the virtual Hemp Present studio with me right now. Welcome, Amanda, to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Great to be here. My pleasure. So much has been happening in the world of cannabis that it's hard to keep up and stay informed. One of the ways I stay informed is by reading your articles. Where do you gather your information from? Oh, goodness. I don't publish frequently enough for you to stay up uh, <laughs> stay up on everything that's going on by reading my articles. <laughs> but um, I think I really rely heavily on um, two different newsletters uh, that I get every day. Tom Angel's Marijuana Moment, right? And Tom is sort of the legendary and tireless cannabis activist um, who also breaks a lot of um, news and a lot of scoops, especially around what's going on with the laws. His newsletter is a must-read for anyone who's involved in the marijuana industry or the movement. Um, and another newsletter called Word on the Tree, which is from a woman named Mona Zong who lives in New York. Um, and her hers is a little more, um, I think, mainstream-friendly. It's uh, a couple of stories every day and then a breakdown of some stuff that's going on locally, but it's a little bit less comprehensive and therefore uh, a faster read. <laughs> Uh, and I think between those two things, uh, I know the basics of what's going on, at least according to the news. Uh, and then beyond that, it's really just one-to-one uh, -one conversations with people, um, sources all over the country in every aspect of the cannabis world who either I'm calling or I'm meeting up with um, for a drink or a sesh uh, or who are just texting me updates about what's going on with them. You know, your your piece is really zero in on the very same issues that are most important to me. Uh, and, and Injustice Today reports that the Federal Bureau of Prisons is quietly rolling out a pair of new policies that could restrict access to books and communications for the system's nearly 200,000 prisoners. We actually heard today uh, from the concerned Jimmy Romans asking us specifically to send him Rolling Stone magazines. I thought oh, I'd mention that. Jimmy got a life Aww. sentence for cannabis. He's got a minimum of 18 more years to serve. 
so, so I want you to know your work's even appreciated by those incarcerated. How did you end up writing about everything cannabis? You know, I was sort of the right person in the right place at the right time. Um, I've always been a cannabis user. I've always felt more um, comfortable uh, using cannabis than I did with alcohol. You know, I drink too, but I think cannabis is really my main thing. Um, and then, you know, I was getting my career started in journalism in Los Angeles around 2010, 2011, um, which I think is when uh, people started to take legalization a lot more seriously. Uh, it was, you know, in the run-up to recreational legalization in Colorado and Washington, of course. Um, and I was writing for LA Weekly and covering just a variety of things going on in the city. And, you know, cannabis is a big part of culture in Los Angeles. And those at LA Weekly sort of noticed that the things I was writing about cannabis, you know, maybe I was a little more clued in than other people that because, you know, I was, a, you know, a daily smoker, et cetera. And, um, you know, from there, they asked me to write a column about it. I got hired to do it at other places, et cetera. But, you know, I think at first I was just like, oh, I don't even know how important this is. I was never really a big um, activist around legalization. I never really thought that was practical, you know, even though I um, was such a fan of cannabis and certainly thought it, you know, was not harmful at all. Um, but, um, you know, you could think something should be legal. That doesn't mean you believe it's going to actually happen. Uh, but once I started to really get into it, I realized, there weren't a lot of voices in journalism taking the issue seriously and trying to approach it, you know, the way that I guess an average cannabis user would, you know, there are a lot of people who are sort of speaking on behalf of industry. There are a lot of people who are speaking as activists. There aren't a lot of people who are just saying, okay, but if you're sort of like the average person who prefers a joint at night instead of uh, a glass of wine, then like what's best for you? Um, and I think that's a lot of what, you know, journalism is really about in general, right? Sort of like raising uh, attention around stories that might not otherwise get, might not otherwise get told. Um, and so it just became really important to me to try to provide as much oversight as possible on the process of legalization um, in a way that would most, you know, benefit the public. Before we dive into some specific issues that you've written about, what is your overall sense of where we are today? What, what specific cannabis-related issues excite you the most, personally? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a very messy place at the moment. Um, there are contradictions galore uh, that are making things incredibly difficult for anyone involved with cannabis, whether you are, you know, a patient who is struggling with PTSD or epilepsy or, you know, whether you are a casual user who's now, you know, going to buy legal cannabis for the first time, whether you are someone who is running a business, someone who's been growing for years and years, the laws don't really make sense. And the contradictions between state laws and federal laws are a huge problem. Um, so, you know, I think we're in this messy place. And at this point, I'm I think the thing I'm watching most closely at this moment and I'm sort of obsessing about is not the Schumer thing that you mentioned at the top of the hour, um, which again, that, or not again, but that bill has not actually been introduced yet. He announced it on 420. There is no Schumer bill yet. Um, um, what I'm more interested in is what Mitch McConnell is doing because Mitch McConnell has a lot of power, obviously, and he is seeking to legalize hemp and no one is really talking about the fact that 
his, the language in the hemp bill that's now going to get attached to the farm bill essentially is going to legalize CBD and what effect that might have on everything from, you know, the FDA's recent approval of Epidiolex to the economies in Kentucky and Colorado to potential medical research that could happen with CBD. Does this mean we're going to turn CBD into a nutraceutical? Um, you know, is this going to disincentivize legalization of whole plant cannabis that has more THC in it? Um, so that's the thing that I'm really paying a lot of attention to right now. Uh, we've got about one minute before the break, but I have seen in some states what looks to me like a preemptive strategy to legalize CBD as a way of stopping or preventing or slowing down or as an obstacle to legalizing THC. In other words, well, you've got CBD, you've got medical marijuana, what's your problem? Right. In, like, in like 30 seconds, do you think that there's a that, that, that might have a point there? Yeah, absolutely. I think CBD is so much more palatable to um, conservative folks. It really gives this sort of impression of, well, this is the real medicine and THC isn't medical. When, of course, we know THC does have really important medical properties as well. And the whole plant could, you know, full spectrum stuff is very important to look at. So, you know, yeah, I think that this could potentially be problematic in the long run for THC if we're going to be having this boom of hemp CBD. I'm speaking to Amanda Chicago-Lewis. This is the time of the show every week where we take our first pause for the cause because there are still flaws in the laws. Hear a word from our sponsors and advertisers. We'll be right back. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping for essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th to the 26th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio podcast leader for all things cannabis, cannabisradio.com. Be one of the first to register today at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. 
Learning the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Awaken, adjust, and aspire. High on Healthy. Mondays on Demand. Only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents. Only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back with Amanda Chicago Lewis. Amanda, because of the 280E IRS restrictions that prevent state legal cannabis retailers from claiming business deductions, businesses end up paying rates of up to 70% or normal or double the normal rate. Uh, that, that, that seems like quite an incentive for the federal government to perpetuate federal prohibition and not deschedule cannabis. Uh, am I right? Yes, absolutely. Um, this is one of the, I think, most misunderstood things about cannabis legalization at the federal level, most people think, well, of course the federal government would want to legalize weed. We would make so much money off of the tax dollars there, right? Because a lot of people see legalization as this opportunity for governments to get, you know, a lot of money in. However, people don't really understand the fact that the federal government is making so much more money with cannabis being state legal and federally illegal than they would if it was federally illegal. I mean, if it was federally legal. So what we're looking at is, you know, this estimated, I mean, what is the estimated amount of money that the federal government is bringing in over the course of the next decade that they wouldn't be bringing in if they legalized cannabis, right? What's the difference between federally illegal cannabis and federally legal cannabis? And so those estimates, I've talked to some experts, range from an additional $5 billion to an additional, you know, 10 to $20 billion. I think $5 billion is generally agreed to be like a very, very conservative estimate. So that's the estimate that the um, Joint Committee on Taxation developed uh, in, for Congress. So, yeah, I think there's these really complicated financial uh, details here that are generally misunderstood by the public and likely misunderstood by most legislators even. Um, but I think, uh, you know, Pat Oglesby, who's sort of, I think, widely seen as the sort of cannabis tax expert nationally, told me something along the lines of, you know, the federal government is going to need to be made whole on this. So they are not going to want to legalize federally unless there is an excise tax on cannabis that is greater than the amount that they are currently making on this 280E situation. And that's pretty problematic because the higher, you know, the tax when we legalize federally, the fewer people are going to feel um, incentivized to move over from the black market to the legal market. And then we could have what we have in California right now, which is parallel markets that could go on for a long time. Fascinating. You wrote, and I paraphrase, that cannabis may be our best tool to fight the opioid epidemic. I know you're not a medical professional, but you have researched this. Uh, and of course, we just heard from Sanjay Gupta uh, about the same thing. Why is that? Can you briefly explain that? So the experts agree that cannabis is a good painkiller for chronic pain. Everyone knows that this is true. So easily, Many of the people who are getting overprescribed opioids for recovery from surgery and muscular issues, you know, could be using cannabis, could be using, you know, low THC cannabis. You know, there's so many different alternatives here. And this is something that, 
anecdotally, I've seen, you know, with lots of people that I know, you know, you go to the doctor and you have some minor surgery and they give you 40 hydrocodone and it's like, you don't need that. Maybe you need it for the two days immediately after your surgery. But then after that, you should be using something much lighter and something that you're not going to get addicted to. Um, and that thing is cannabis. So, yes, I think that there's enormous potential here. And this is, of course, what Sanjay Gupta has focused on in his latest documentary. And I'm pretty happy to see that because I think he uh, had such an enormous influence on the conversation around epilepsy um, and CBD with his original lead documentary that I really hope that his leadership here changes the conversation around it. And, you know, regarding uh, epilepsy and autism spectrum, I have interviewed on this show the parents of children on about five continents uh, who've been, you know, reporting anecdotally amazing results. So this is hopefully an area that will we'll bust free in. While, while some in the cannabis industry are working to build social and racial equity into their business models, prioritizing opportunities for those segments of our population who've been most impacted by prohibition, you've written that tribal First Nations governments in some regions are saying that they're being locked out of the industry. What's going on there? Yeah, so this seemed to be likely a mistake. <laughs> Not, I, think, I don't know how intentional that was. Um, but I think if I were to say something about how we uh, came to find that uh, Native Americans in California are concerned that they would need to give up some level of tribal sovereignty in order to participate in the legal cannabis market, um, it seems to be mostly a product of the state rushing to develop regulations last year and especially at the end of the year to get licensing online in time and less, it, you know, it seems less intentional than you might think. However, you know, it looks like there might be a fix this year, but the general problem is that in order to get a cannabis license in California, you need to have one from your city or county before you get a state license. And uh, rather than giving tribes the same ability to license uh, locally, and then get, let people get a state license after that, uh, they're essentially saying that businesses would need to go directly to the state and then they're sort of taking that authority away from tribal governments, which most tribal governments find utterly unacceptable. Um, this is actually a much more complicated issue than any sort of equity issues around people of color in general being disproportionately affected by the war on drugs, partly because of the taxation issues. Tribes in California have generally agreed to pay the same in state taxes that um, other businesses would be paying, but ultimately they're getting a break on federal taxes and this 280E thing that we were talking about. Um, and that would likely not change. And so I do understand if there was some intentionality behind locking tribes out of the market as the tribes are describing it, um, there's an argument to be made that allowing cannabis businesses to operate on tribal land and not pay federal taxes would sort of drive too many businesses and too much of the industry to tribal land and right. undercut the existing market. So it's actually a very complicated issue. And also the other thing to remember here is the businesses that we're talking about, you know, they're giving tribes money, but it's not necessarily run by people who, 
are part of the tribes. It's like cannabis businesses who've made agreements to operate on tribal land with people who run the tribes in order to get out of paying federal tax. Huh, interesting. And of course, we'd have to wait and see how the federal government would respond to that, I would imagine. Um, speaking of racial inequity, uh, as you just mentioned in the cannabis industry, you also wrote a piece titled Whitewashing the Green Rush, How Black People Are Being Shut Out of the Weed Boom, which sounds like a perpetuation of the racial dynamics of the drug war, but in the form of blocks to opportunity for employment, managerial positions, and ownership of the cannabis industry. we got about two minutes. How extensive is this issue and what can be done about it? So that's something that's actually gotten better, I think, since I wrote that story, which is at the very beginning of 2016, so two years ago. Um, the, the biggest problem is that most places with legal cannabis prevent people with drug felonies on their records from participating in the legal industry in any way, whether that's being a bud tender or an investor or an owner. And we know the war on drugs is disproportionately uh, enforced. We know, therefore, that if you were working on the black market with cannabis and you're black, you're so much more likely to have that drug felony on your record. We also know, or I know from you know extensive reporting, that white people who had experience on the illicit market on the illicit market are now doing very well under legalization on the whole um, because their expertise with cannabis is in high demand. So those people are doing well. Black people who had um, illicit market experience are having a much harder time trying to make that transition. Um, what's happening now is there are several programs in place across the country that are trying to rectify this and give uh, business ownership to people of color. They are, you know, I think it's a little too early to say how this is working out, but my impression is it's not working out so well. Um, I think it's really hard to give someone you know, a business and say, oh, why don't you take over this? Because, you know, we feel really guilty about how the war on drugs was enforced. So it, it turns into this like, very complicated issue. Um, and at this point, I, you know, business ownership is important, but I, I think I'm almost more concerned with whether people of color who use cannabis are able to fully enjoy the benefits of legalization compared to white people. So that actually affects a lot more people if you're just talking about users and you're not talking about control of the industry. Because ultimately, the problems with the control of the industry are going to be the same problems you see in every other industry, which is that black people have been systemically discriminated against in employment, education, and housing, and wealth creation for centuries. And therefore, it's kind of hard to get an enormous expensive business off the ground. I'm speaking with Amanda Chicago Lewis. We're going to take another pause, hear a word from our sponsors, come back for our final questions. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, Mondays on Demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And I am back for the final question with Amanda Chicago-Lewis. Amanda, some folks are out to create giant pot industry monopolies, or as you put it, seeking to become the Monsanto of weed. What is up with that? And also, uh, how can people track your work and get the whole story on these issues? Yeah. So, well, first of all, lots of people are trying to control the weed industry, right? Capitalism, now that it's legalizing, uh, lots of people want to you know, run the industry in one way or another. Uh, a company that I focused on is called um, Biotech Institute, it's sort of this mysteriously uh, ambiguous uh, LLC out of California that has obtained utility patents on the cannabis plant. Uh, which is to say the strongest form of intellectual property protection that you can get on crops. Uh, a lot of people like to talk about, oh, the government has a patent on cannabis, right? That's actually about an, a cannabinoid and is more um, pharmaceutical. This is, we're talking about patents on the actual plant. Um, they have a few already. There are more in the works. They cover hundreds of strains um, and as far as we know, they're not being enforced yet. We aren't exactly sure um, at what point these people might uh, start collecting fees or asking people for fees on growing, on research, um, on selling, uh, on everything. And, you know, the thing that struck me as particularly alarming about this situation and the reason why I wanted to write about it is uh, you know, I had some, you know, biologists essentially explained to me that um, that the ownership of these patents could prevent the full ex- the full exploration of what the cannabis plant can do and what some of the, you know, lesser known cannabinoids and uh, less common terpenes might uh, do medically once we're able to actually do clinical trials and the kind of research that doctors um, look at and respect. So that is alarming, and you can read about that in GQ. Um, if you're looking for my work, uh, I would just Google Amanda Chicago Lewis, and you could look at my website, you could look at my Twitter, you could follow me on Instagram, you could follow me on Facebook. I usually post the things that I write, uh, sometimes not, but we'll see. And no, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Amanda, you're just such an asset to the cannabis uh, world. Thank you so much for being on Cannabis Radio. We'll be following your stuff. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Now I want to get to a weekly feature here presented on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. Vacating charges for misdemeanor marijuana possession is a necessary step to correct the injustices of what was a failed war on drugs, which disproportionately affected communities of color in Seattle. And that is our Seattle Mayor, Jenny Durkin. That concludes this installment here present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbish and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.